0: Prayed our prayer of Advent. And I want you to hold on to that prayer today. Um, does anybody remember what it is? Anyone remember our prayer for Advent? Come. Let's try it again. Okay, I, I didn't. I know I didn't do the three times, so it got in your subconscious, right? So, our prayer for Advent is, "Come, Lord Jesus." Now, one more time, so I know that you're listening. What is our prayer for Advent? Come, Lord Jesus. And one last time, so you dream about it, and you say it first thing when you get up in the morning and last thing when you go to bed at night, and that is our prayer, Come, Lord Jesus. Good. It is the heart of Advent. It is. You enter, you start uh, this journey towards Christmas. You start your year every year with your longing, with your anticipation, And with our candle today that we have lit is about hope. Hope that the long-expected Jesus will come. But I want you to take your Bibles, if you have them, in Mark chapter 13. And uh, Jeff, I'll let you do the slides uh, for this and then I'll take over after that. Um, But we're going to be in Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37. And you can, if you have a Pew Bible, you can just grab that and turn to page 694 and you'll be able to see it. Uh, look at a, uh, for a big 13 and then scroll down a little bit until you get to, uh, 24. Or actually, you won't. Um, 24 is on 694. So just go to the top of the page and look till you get to a little 24. Let's read this together. Hear the, the written word of God. But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father, Be on guard, be alert, really that word is be awake. It is like a man going away, he leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, be awake, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, stay awake. Let's pray. Father, we pray that today you would help us to understand what it means to be awake. We pray that we would be awake in our longing. We would be awake in our prayer. We would be awake in our world. And you would teach us how to live. Fully awake this Advent season. For we pray this in your name. And everyone said, Amen. So we have... Uh, as we are journeying through this, this is uh, the, the title. You're going to see in your devotional books today and those kinds of things, you're going to see these passages read that we have read uh, today. And they don't sound very Christmassy, do they? That Isaiah passage about mountains quaking and nations quaking before the Lord. And then you have Paul opening with one of his uh, little letters and just kind of seems like a greeting at the beginning of a letter. And then we have this gospel about, the, you know, it seems like the sun darkening and all these kinds of things. I thought, how interesting. We just preached from Mark 13 of about a month ago. And so here we're journeying back through this. What does all of this have to do with Advent? What does this have to do with Christmas? And so I want us to begin to look at it. And I believe it ties in right where we left our series last week. Last week, we had Jesus uh, saying to us, and really to disciples, anyone who would follow after Him, and that is the question, what do you want? And I hope you've wrestled with that over this last week, and let God wrestle in you the question, what do you want? Because what you are looking for is often what you find, and especially when that comes to how we view God. And so, I want to ask you today, what do you want when it comes to God? Now, do you want the God of power? I mean, we saw that very much displayed in that, that reading from Isaiah. I mean, let's just look at that for a second. Isaiah 1 through, uh, 64, 1-9 through 9. Oh, that you would rend the heavens and come down, that the mountains would tremble before you as when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil. Come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. For when you did awesome things that, got, that we did not expect, you came down, the mountains trembled before you. Since ancient times, no one has heard, nor ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God besides you who acts on behalf of those who wait for Him." Ooh. Is that the kind of God that gets you going? I mean, you know, you're just kind of looking for that. And and, uh, and those kinds of things. I mean, you just want to see that power, that movement, those kinds of things. Well, the, the question then becomes, is that the kind of God that the nations fall in love with? Is that the kind of God that you and I find approachable, like the God we find in Jesus? I don't know. Isaiah seems to say that everybody just quakes and wonders. It, not that it isn't appropriate at times, but what is it that we are really longing for? What do you really want this Advent season? Maybe it's, it's further on in the Isaiah passage, the God who is the judge over everything. I, and we see that in Isaiah 5 through 9. You come to the help of those who gladly do right. You remember your ways, but when we continued to sin against them, you were angry. There's something about this, this God as judge that's really captivated, really captivated, well, in particular, Protestantism. This God who is up there as the judge and he's just waiting to bang the gavel of your life and, and examine every little thing that you've done wrong and make sure that there is justice for everything that happens. It's interesting. You know, when Jesus came along and talked about the end, and and uh, we always include that as judging, you know that almost all the time Jesus described it as a party, or a banquet, or something along those lines. There's one time the sheep and the goats... That he talks about this division of those who have done well and those who, uh, you know, didn't help the poor and the outcast, the immigrant, the, uh, the needy, those who were in jail and those kinds of things. Uh, and so don't get me wrong. It is important. I think there is an idea that your faith is shown sometimes in what you do and how you operate in the world. But it is not to be the only sole way that we look at it. Because Jesus seems to spend a lot more time talking about God wanting his banquet table full at the end and go out to the highways and byways, declare to whoever would come, come. You see, when we get captivated by wanting only a God who is a judge, I think Isaiah figures it out. We see that that God then eventually begins to judge us. <laughs> begins to look at us and, and, and you have to take that inward journey that, that Isaiah takes us through. All of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like leaves and the wind, uh, and like the wind, our sins sweep us away. He goes on and on and on. And there is, and we can get really stuck in this mindset. I'm not saying that there aren't times that God needs to put a finger on something that is taking place in our lives that uh, needs correction and those kinds of things. But to be solely captured as this is the only way we can approach God as Father does not allow many people to approach God as Father. And so we, we have to, uh, maybe let this one be balanced out. So what do you want? What do you want? Next, we have the end times God. Uh, the God who is, is going to just, he's just waiting and he's just stewing. And he can't wait until that last moment. He's going to rend the heavens. He's going to come down. He's going to destroy everything. And, and all you nice people are, are going to, to get to live like kings and queens and, and, and all those kinds of things, right? And it, it's always interesting. It's always interesting. We always seem to be the ones who are doing it right, <laughs> uh, and, and we kind of like it that way. <laughs> and they, those guys out there, they're doing it wrong. And 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 if we don't really like those people, then we're almost—it's almost like sometimes we're excited that all this is going to take place. Now, first off, we have to—you have to say that this is not end times—is not what Mark 13 is all about. Uh, if you want to hear more on that. Go to the website, go to the podcast a few weeks ago on Mark 13. You can, I'm not going to preach that sermon again, okay? You can listen to it, but you can see that this, this passage was really about Jesus teaching His disciples to stay awake. Why? They were called to stay awake, and He describes all these things because the world of Jerusalem in Jesus' day Wanted to use violence to get their own way. And he knew that to try and use that violence to get their own way was only going to lead to destruction of their way. And when they see that symbol in the temple, they're to run and to flee. That symbol, that symbol is an alien army, not aliens up there aliens, but a foreign army taking over the temple, run and flee. And in fact, you need to stay awake because when you see these things, you need to get out of Jerusalem because my kingdom is not about using force to get my own way. My kingdom is the way of peace And there are many ancient church fathers who say that this passage, Mark 13, about Jesus saying, stay awake, and when you see the violence coming back into Jerusalem to destroy Jerusalem, get out because we are a peaceable people. He said that is the one passage of Scripture that really honestly saved the church. Because when it began to take place, as inevitably it was going to take place and happened in A.D. 72, When that took place, or eighty seventy, that took place, those disciples of Jesus remembered, Jesus told us to stay awake for this, and they got out of Jerusalem. And you and I are sitting here because of this passage. It's amazing, isn't it? I told you I wasn't going to preach that sermon, and I just did. But the end times God, it's not a God that people really want to approach. Certainly don't want to come to with their longings. For fear that their longings might be wrong. For fear. Fear drives us away. doesn't bring us close. But we are longing for Jesus. Who showed us something else. And Jesus told us in this passage, the most important verse is that last verse. And I say this to you, and I say this to everyone. Stay awake. Not just during Pastor Jeff's sermon. Okay, So what does it mean to stay awake? I think this is something that we've got to look at just a little bit. Uh, these readings really do tie together beautifully in this. I think part of being awake is being aware. And we need to be aware of what God is up to. We need to be aware of what God is up to in every moment. This is learning to be awake. Learning to stay aware. This God who seems to be the God who comes to us. Who is the God who so loved the world. We are a part of the world, but all the world. The cosmos is actually the Greek word there. This God who loves and is active in the world everywhere, at every moment, and every time. Bringing people to try and understand His love. His grace, His mercy, His acceptance. And you are invited into that. So to be awake is to be aware of this kind of God and what this God is up to in every moment. So our prayer of Advent, which is what? Oh, wonderful. It's getting in there. It's getting in there. This is a good prayer for every moment. When you walk into your school, students, tomorrow, maybe your prayer... It's just, come, Lord Jesus. Help me to stay awake and be aware of what you're up to right here. Come, Lord Jesus. It's all wrapped up in that little phrase, come, Lord Jesus. Maybe while you're sitting there, of course, while you're about to take those final exams, write those last papers, come, Lord Jesus, help me to remember these things. Where well, you go into the workplace and you know that that person who sits at the desk, two, two desks down, and the way they answer the phone just drives you up the wall. Come, Lord Jesus, because I believe you want me to be patient. You, You see how this begins to be a part of being aware, being awake. It is also being open to life on God's terms. And this one's harder. This takes us a little bit deeper to to really be open to life on God's terms. You know, when we say, Lord Jesus, we mean that Jesus is the one who showed us how human beings can live. They can be fully awake and open to life on God's terms. And even if that life takes us all the way, even into some suffering, Jesus still on the cross says, Father, into Your hands I commend my spirit. This is the path. This is the way of Jesus for us. That we are called to be awake, to be alert of what God is up to in every moment, and to life on God's terms. Now, my teacher, Father Richard, uh, says this, and I think this is just a beautiful way for us to engage in this. When we, he, he says, when we demand satisfaction from one another, and when we demand any completion to history on our terms, when we demand that our anxiety or any dissatisfaction be taken away, saying, as it were, why weren't you this for me? Why didn't life do that for me? We're refusing to say, come Lord Jesus. We're refusing to hold out for the full picture that is always given by God. Now, that may seem harsh. Trust me, we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna round that out and, and you'll see what I mean. But this is the radical part of being awake, being open to life on God's terms. No matter what life may look like for you today, my friends, the prayer What's the prayer again? Come, Lord Jesus, is a prayer to be open to life on God's terms, no matter what those terms might look like, because you have trust or hope that God can be found even in the most crucifying of circumstances. I know, maybe that's a little too scholarly, but in the midst of great suffering... The reason why we have books like uh, that tell us the story of people who were martyred for their faith is because there's something in us that longs to see that we can trust and remain open to life on God's terms, trusting that God's terms will bring about something great for us and for the world, even if it means suffering in the most crucifying of circumstances. That's why we have those storybooks around. Why we read them and see them. And so this is this is so important. So important for us to continue this prayer. So to be aware, to be open. And then this is what rounds out that that passage from from Father Richard. We are called to be one who longs and trusts. So you may have those, those prayers. Why is life like this for me? Where is God in this situation? And some of you, I know your stories. I know that you have real, real struggles here. And so it's not that we're denying all of those things. It's that we have those longings for rightness, for justice, for the world to work. And yet we can hold open long enough to trust. That God knows where God is leading all of this. And we can still pray our prayer of what? Come, Lord Jesus. In the midst that keeps us open to life on God's terms, even as we long for things. It is for God and the life in Christ. And so I want us to look, and this is where we'll, we'll finish up. 1 Corinthians 1, 3-9. If you want to turn there, you can. Uh, It's on page 778 in the Pew Bible. 1 Corinthians 1, 3 through 9. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul's writing to a congregation. Here's, I think, a vision of what it means to live aware, open, and awake, to be awake. Paul says, I I always thank my God for you because of His grace given you in Christ Jesus. For in Him you have been enriched in every way, with all kinds of speech and with all knowledge, The God thus confirming our testimony about Christ among you. Therefore, you do not lack any spiritual gift as you eagerly wait For our Lord Jesus Christ to be revealed. He will also keep you firm to the end so that you will be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful who has called you into fellowship with his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. This is the vision, I think, of what it means to be a church or an individual who lives fully awake aware, open, being one who longs and trusts. It is a freedom that, that we can come with our longings. Why is life this way? I long for life to be different, and yet we can pause long enough to say, come, Lord Jesus, into this situation. Show me where You are in the midst of this difficult time. Show me where You are in my work. Show me where You are in, in my family, in my school, wherever that might be. It is a freedom and a surrender that brings what we lit that candle for it brings hope hope that again Christ will come into this situation into this year into this time into this situation into that emotion into that family matter into this job place into this church that God will come here we trust that Christ will come again we confess this is important we confess where we have let our longings take us. That's one we have to wrestle with, I think, year in and year out. That's why Advent wasn't just like one time, a long time ago, and then we outgrew that. <laughs> because you and I know. And we here in our country in the 21st century, we should know this better than, than maybe anyone. Because you are advertised to from the moment you are born you are told you need this. And you need this. And your longing should be for this. And you should long to look this way. And you should long to wear these clothes. And you should long to drive these cars. And you should long to have this job. And you should long to do this. And you should long to be physically fit. And you should long, and you should long. And we need a season where we say, no, I want to be awake. I, I want to be aware. I want to be open to life on God's terms. I, I want to confess that My longings have taken me sideways. And I want to be reoriented, realigned in my longing for Jesus. You may think that's a difficult prayer. You may think that's something difficult to do. You may think, oh, I don't have the words to say. I mean, how do I realign? I mean, the, the biblical word for that is repentance. But how do I do this? Well, I think it's all, again, wrapped up in our simple little prayer which is what come lord jesus so wherever you are this advent season as we begin this new year if your longings have taken you sideways if you really are wrapped up in in a lot of the things that just seem to consume you right now can i challenge you can we become a church this week as you do your readings and your devotionals and all those kinds of things, as you busy from work to job to taxiing kids everywhere, as you begin to tie bows on packages and hang lights on trees, can you keep that simple prayer on the tip of your tongue all week long? And let's just see what happens as when you wake up and when you go to sleep, and any time you can think about it in between, we say together, let's say it together. Come. Lord Jesus, let's pray. Lord Jesus, we do pray that You would come. For some of us, that might be a brand new journey. And so I pray for that individual who might say, dare to say this prayer for the first time today and mean it. That they would find that You are in the longing And You are in the fulfilling of that longing. I pray that for those of us who are going through suffering right now, that You would help us to pause. Pause in our questions and say, Come, Lord Jesus, in this situation. Help me to trust. Help me to have hope that You can be found even in this crucifying place. And help me... To be a person whose longings are aligned with the kingdom that is, yes, arrived and is still coming and is still, we are longing for its fulfillment in the world. Help us to be a simple people who pray a simple prayer Come, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus. And we wait. And we anticipate and we trust for the fulfillment in the name of the Father who is for us, in the name of the Son who is with us, and in the name of the Holy Spirit who is in us. Amen.